I saw a sign that said, give a man an inch, and he thinks he's a ruler. I don't know how to take that. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, if you will love your wife that way, I'm going to tell you, it'll be very easy for her to submit to that. Somebody say amen to that. So I just, I just, that's just a word I want to throw out there today, that husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. You know, that's, that's speaking some powerful things. Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn with me. We've got some scripture to look at today in John chapter 20. And uh, we're in a series, AD series. How many of you saw the AD movie last week? Let me see your hands. I see some hands going up. Yeah. And... Um, uh, last week's message was the resurrection miracle. Now, we, we, we talked about some things last week, and we're going to make this real quick. So if you weren't here, you can write these down if you want to, but I'm not going to go through it. don't have time. Uh, Jesus was more than a car- carpenter. He was a carpenter, but he was more than that. And number two, Jesus performed many miracles. And to go along with that, the greatest miracle was his resurrection from the dead. And then we said the prerequisite for a miracle is a problem. Everybody say a problem. Now, we don't want a problem. We want a miracle, but we don't want a problem. But they, they go hand in hand. I mean, you know, you get a miracle, there's usually the, the problems there. You, you get the miracle to take the problem away. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the access around which our faith resolves. In other words, you know, Paul said if there's no resurrection, our, our faith is in vain. The resurrection of Jesus Christ made all the difference in the world. There have been many men that died on the cross, but there's only one man that died on the cross and rose from the dead. Somebody say amen to that. And his name was Jesus. And of that same spirit that lives in you that was in Christ, that same spirit that raised up Jesus, will also quicken or raise up your mortal bodies someday too. Can I get a witness? So today's message is the reality of the resurrection. And we're going to be talking about the reality of that. So let's read, if we would, in John chapter 20, verse 26. And it says, a week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. And though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. And stop doubting and believe. Drop down to verse 28. And Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. And verse 29, then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you, ha- you believe. Blessed are those who have not seen me, yet they believe. Bow your heads with me this morning. Father, thank you for this wonderful day. Father, we thank you and we appreciate so much the promise of the resurrection life. Help us to see the reality of it and let it be an everyday occurrence in our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Now, last week, churches across the country celebrated the most significant event in the Christian calendar, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is that day that we we wave the banner, so to speak. You know, many talk about Easter, but we talk about Resurrection Day because that's what the reminder of that is to us. Without the resurrection, there's no victory over death. There's no salvation. There's no hope. And Christianity 
does not exist without it. So, in other words, take away the resurrection, there's no Christianity, there's really, there's nothing. And as Christians, we must remember not only that Christ's death, but that also his resurrection. Now, many people wear the cross. They have Jesus on the cross. Folks, he's not on the cross anymore. Somebody say amen. amen. But he, he came off of the cross. He went into a tomb, and after three days, he rose from the dead. And because he had a resurrection, one day we will have that same resurrection in our life. So the resurrection is not only the power for eternal living, but the everyday life. It's that power that we have within us. This power is clearly revealed in the lives of the disciples for the rest of their lives. Folks, the disciples' lives were changed because of the resurrection. We're going to show you that today. And in a moment, that moment, that Thomas saw Jesus with his own eyes. Think about it. He saw Jesus with his own eyes. And I, you know, that, that had to be some event. Think about it. I mean, here they was, you know, and they're in this building, and all of a sudden Jesus just walks through the walls. You know, I'm thinking, wow, isn't that going to be cool someday? Come on, somebody. Just walk through a wall. I mean, you know, just, you know, and you, 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 know, you, you know, you watch the, the Star Wars and you watch, uh, you, you know, some of those, uh, you know, Star Trek, you know, and, you know, beam me up, Scotty, and, you know, you're here and then you're over there. You know, it's going to kind of, I mean, you know, you get a little fathom of thought of it, something like that. It's going to be even more than that. Somebody say amen. I mean, we're going to have a resurrection. In. So, you know, Thomas saw Jesus with his own eyes. We are not told what he did, but we do know what he said. And he was so taken back that he said, my Lord and my God. I mean, can you imagine when something happens, you know, you, you've probably heard somebody say something like that yourself when something significant happens, my Lord and my God. I mean, he, he, he saw that Jesus died on the cross. He witnessed his death, and now he sees him alive again. I mean, he's overcome uh, death, hell, and the grave. In that very moment, Thomas declares what had never been said before. This was truly a miraculous moment. And I believe that Jesus, the reason Jesus confronted Thomas and his unbelief is because Thomas desperately needed to understand the reality of the resurrection for himself. And we're going to look at Thomas. We're going to look at his life. We're going to see some things about him that sometimes it might be in our life today. The truth is that the resurrection of Jesus wasn't the only resurrection recorded in the Bible. And while Jesus walked the earth, we're told that there's three other resurrections that, that Jesus had a part of, and we call them the small R's, okay, the small resurrections, okay? And uh, in the resurrection of the widow's son, Jesus stripped death and his power when he raised the boy right from the coffin. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine now, folks, I've been in I, I've been a lot of funerals. I've done, I don't, I, don't, I couldn't tell you. Well, I'd have to look at my records to see the, re the funerals that I've done. I mean, I've done hundreds and hundreds of funerals, okay? And, and, and I've never had a funeral procession stop. But here that Jesus, this funeral procession was going, and Jesus stops the funeral procession. You know, the procession. Think about it. And here a, a, a widow is, is in, in mourning for her little boy, and Jesus stops that, you know, procession, and he raises him from the dead. Can you say amen to that? Can you imagine how, you know, what took place in people's hearts that day? And with the daughter of a man named Jairus, Jesus clears the room from the doubters. And when he raised Lazarus on the fourth day resurrection, think about this. 
we get a clear picture of God's power over impossibility. They said he's been dead for four days. I mean, he stinketh. Somebody say amen. I mean, I mean, man, he's, he been, I mean, he's, he's decaying, you know. And, uh, but the, where, where is he? They asked the question. So when he raised Lazarus, you know, in that each instance, the resurrection declares something about Jesus and about us and about his power and our response to this. So these small resurrections, we learn that life is possible. Everybody say life is possible. That hope is as real as death. We know what death is all about. We've, most of us have had loved ones, you know, that we went to their funeral, so we know what death is all about. But hope is as real as death, and that faith can rise in the midst of chaos. And many times we see the chaos around us, but as we look at this, that faith, everybody say faith. Faith can rise in the midst of chaos. So when Jesus showed up and he confronted Thomas, he really wanted Thomas to believe and to throw away any doubts and just believe. Everybody say just believe. Jesus wanted his death and resurrection to mean something in Thomas's life. Jesus didn't die so that Thomas would live out the rest of his life in doubt. No, no, a thousand times no. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. He died in resurrection so that Thomas could believe and live free from doubt. How many of you have had doubt? Let me see your hands this morning. You know, we've all had those doubts that's come into our minds about whatever it may be. And I want you to think about this and think about Thomas and where he was. No matter how numb you find yourself, how dead and hopeless your situation is, this might even be your fourth day as it was in Lazarus' case. It is no match for the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. So you may be sitting here this morning and there's a circumstance and a scenario in your life that needs a resurrection. Folks, I tell you, God can resurrect your dreams. Come on, somebody. God can bring back to life those things that are dead in your life. God can bring it back. You might be thinking this morning, there's no way this can happen. But folks, I told you last week that there was miracles in the Bible. There's still miracles today. And the resurrection is the greatest of all miracles. Somebody say amen. So it's a matter and, and it's no match, I should say, for the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Life is still a very real possibility for you if, everybody say if, if you believe. And that's the criteria. You have to believe. Only believe. You know, this is what the Bible, all through the Bible, you know, what is our part? What do we do to make something happen? What do we do to see the miracles? What do we do to see resurrection, life, and power in our lives? We have to believe. Everybody say believe. You have to believe it. You have to believe it. So number one, the reality of the resurrection strengthened the disciples' resolve. Strengthened the disciples' resolve. Now, resolve is defined as commitment, boldness, courage. When Jesus was arrested, tried, and he was crucified, it seemed that one of the sweeping moments the disciples lost all of their resolve. Can you imagine what they might be feeling like? What happened? I believe their fear and lack of courage surprise even themselves. And we tend to think highly of ourselves. Somebody say amen to that. You know, we usually think more highly than ourselves than other people do. Don't shout me down. We imagine scenarios and we face our weaknesses and our oppressors and we imagine ourselves saying just the right words at the right time. How many of you know in your mind you can just work it all out? Come on, somebody. But in life's situations of every day, it's a different story. Can you imagine the disciples coming together 
after the death of Jesus. And one looks at the other. Where did you go? What did you do? What did you say? Did anyone stand up for Jesus? Imagine the shame. Imagine the humiliation. Resolve is hard to come by when your life is in danger. You know, it, it quickly diminishes when your family's life is in danger. So questions and doubts fill your mind. Thomas wasn't the only one to doubt. He was just the one most vocal about it. Let me tell you something. They all fled and led Jesus. Can you say amen? They all forsook him. They all did. The Bible says all of them. So Thomas, like Peter, really loved Jesus. Why do I say that? Because he, like Peter, was willing to die with Jesus. Look in your notes there in the Bible, John eleven sixteen. I want you to see this. This is so important. You know, as I said, like Peter, he was willing to die with Jesus. John eleven sixteen. When Jesus wanted to return to Judea, the disciples reminded Jesus that recently they wanted to stone him there. And Thomas was the one who said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. In other words, he was ready to die with Jesus. So you could call him a doubter if you want to call him a doubter, but you need to dig down a little bit deeper. You need to peel that onion a little bit and see what was really in his life, okay? So you can see what people are made out of during the difficult moments, and this is one of those most difficult moments. What do you get when you squeeze an orange? Somebody help me out. Orange juice. What do you get when you squeeze lemons? Lemonade. What do you get when you squeeze disciples? You know, when someone squeezes on us, anybody ever got your button pushed? Let me see your hands this morning, okay? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, some people know how to push your buttons. They just know it's like, mm-mm. Now, don't look so pious this morning. I know you're just like me. You face some of the same things. Come on, somebody. So, in this case, you get fear from the majority of the disciples. But from Thomas, you get a real sense of loyalty. You know, yes, he doubted. I'm not going to deny that. He did. He doubted. He, he, He did. Yet somehow that resolve was out the window the moment that Jesus was arrested. I mean, there was resolve there, but it just kind of flew out the window. Why? Because Thomas was human. Thomas had feet of clay like you and I do because he was flesh and blood. And that's what flesh and blood does in the face of huge disappointments and doubt. Like many in that day, Thomas had two names. Thomas in the Aramaic and Didymus in the Greek, and they both mean twins. Now, you could say it could mean that Thomas was literally had a twin, and he could have. Or it could refer to his faith struggles, that Thomas was obviously struggling with doubt. It was something that he struggles with. And let me just say this. There's probably every one of us sitting here this morning, there's certain things that you struggle with in your life. Can I get a witness? And if we would be honest with that, we struggle with things in our lives. And this is something that he struggled with. Now, you know, uh, we are courageous and then we have fear. And this reminds me of the father who exclaimed to Jesus, I do believe, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. 
In other words, I've got some unbelief in there too. And I believe this morning as we sit here together, I believe many of you have faith in your hearts. But how many of you would agree that sometimes there's doubts that well up within you? And sometimes those doubts that you have to, to battle in your own heart. In his commentary, author David Zurich explains, This man's unbelief was not rebellion. Help my unbelief is something a man can only say by faith. In other words, he really had faith because, you know, he, he was at that point where he needed some help and he realized it and he was ready to overcome the situation like that. So Thomas' doubts didn't make Jesus reject him. Instead, his doubts drew Jesus to Thomas. And that's the reason that Jesus said to Thomas, he came primarily to Thomas because he wanted to deal with the situation. And I'm glad that we have a God that, you know, he just doesn't say shame me on you, but he will come to you and he will help you in your moment of whatever it may be, whatever moment of weakness there may be, Jesus will help you. Somebody say amen. He will help you to overcome your struggles, whatever they may be. You may have a struggle this morning, and God will help you to overcome that struggle. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Jesus wanted to prove to Thomas that his resurrection was real because he wanted Thomas to believe. And he wants you to believe. He wants you to be an overcomer this morning. How many of you want to be an overcomer? Jesus wants you to be an overcomer, and we can be an overcomer, okay? Instead, as we look at this, so Thomas didn't, uh, doubts didn't make Jesus reject him. Instead, his doubts drew Jesus to Thomas. And Jesus wanted to prove to Thomas that the resurrection was real because he wanted Thomas to believe. Oh my, that just, that just touches my heart. There's no, there, there's no doubt that all the disciples, including Thomas, were changed after the resurrection of Jesus. And I'm going to give you some scriptures here in just a moment. They learned a valuable lesson and one that would never forget. The resurrection was never far from their lips. They talked about it. They lived it. They breathed it, okay? It is what drove them. It is what made them wake up every morning. And it's what motivated them every day, okay, for the rest of their life. Scripture after scripture attests the power of the resurrection story in the lives of the disciples. And let me give you a few of those. Acts chapter 4, verse 2. And they were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And in Acts 4.33, and with great power gave the apostles, you know, continued to testify the resurrection of the Lord. And great grace was so powerful at work in them all. And then we find in Romans 6.5, for if we have been united with him in death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like this. So they kind of go hand in glove, and this is what was in the lives of the, of the disciples. And probably one of the most encouraging passages of Scripture for me, as a pastor, the Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians 4, presents a contrast of everyday, everyday problems and weaknesses in this verse. The resurrection does, does what nothing else can do. What does it do? It proves that Jesus is the Son of God. How many of you believe Jesus is the Son of God? The resurrection proves that he was the Messiah. He didn't make the claims. I talked about that last week in Rolling Stone magazine. Uh, the guy from the U2 singer there that does a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of work, you know, in helping the uh, you know, hungry and stuff like that. And he talked about, you know, the claims that Jesus made. 
he was the Messiah. So the reality of the resurrection strengthened the disciples' resolve. Number two, write this down if you would. The disciples, or the reality of the resurrection, strengthened the disciples' relationship with him. Now, the reality of the, re- uh, the resurrection is found in the relationship with Jesus and his followers. How the disciples lived out the rest of their lives tells us a great story. It tells a story of relationship. Everybody say relationship. You know, I want you to think about relationship. And, you know, to have a relationship, it works on both ends. To have a relationship, one has to work on it. Can I get a witness? Not only did the disciples find the Messiah, they found the Savior and they found a friend. They found someone they could confide in. The disciples were invested because Jesus was invested in them. And that's what relationship is all about. It's a, a give and a give on both ends. He not only talked about brotherhood, Jesus lived out the brotherhood. Look what it says in your notes in Matthew 28:10. After the resurrection, Jesus told Mary Magdalene and the other women, Go and tell my brothers. Go and tell my brothers. Now, folks, let me tell you something. The Bible teaches that we are heirs with God, but we are joint heirs with Jesus. Come on, somebody. So when he was saying brothers, he meant, yes, we're brothers. We have relationship, okay? It was the first thing he thought of. He essentially said, don't be afraid, and make sure you tell my disciples not to be afraid, okay? I want to meet with them. I want to, you know, uh, commune with them again. Now, what could have been... Uh, what could have been Jesus' uh, moment in the spotlight, he deliberately turned it into true humility and kindness. Go and tell my brothers. He could have been and said, you know, look at me. I've got the S, Superman, on my shirt, you know. But he didn't do that. He said, go tell my brothers. And I want to meet with them. I want to I commune with them. I want to have fellowship with them. And folks, he's still doing that today. If you believe that, say amen. Jesus basically gives his demands here. This is why Thomas said faithful and loyal Thomas had moved to such a state of unbelief that he made these demands. Unless I see the nails in his hands and put my finger, you know, in his hands on his side, I will not believe, okay? Thomas could not believe. And the other disciples, when they told him, that they've seen Jesus alive. I, you know, I, I can't believe that, okay? I can't believe that. I just can't fathom that. That, 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 that goes beyond anything that, that human, uh, you, you know, the mind can conceive. He's alive? We saw him die. I saw him die. Jesus is alive. So Jesus desired, you know, desired faith for Thomas a letting go of doubt and unbelief. The disciples were gathered and as instructed, and they experienced. They both fear and joy at the same time, and then Jesus showed up. How many of you know Jesus shows up just at the right time? He's not on our clock, but he is on the clock. Come on, somebody. And he come through for them. Number three, write this down. The reality of the resurrection is found in restored lives. I like this last point that we're going to make this morning. In John 21, 15, we find what is called Peter's reinstatement. After a meal with his disciples on the shore of Galilee, Jesus addressed Peter directly for the first time. Now, the last time Jesus spoke to Peter, it was a command in the Garden of Gethsemane, a place of suffering. And Jesus was arrested and tensions were high. Peter did what he, uh, he knew and he assaulted a soldier. Matter of fact, he cut off his ear. 
What did Jesus do when, when the ear was cut off? What did Jesus do? My kingdom's not of this world. And he puts the ear back on, you know. Jesus commanded Peter, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup my father has given to me? You know, sometimes things come our way and we think, oh, no, no, no. But, you know, if we would just be sensitive and, you know, God can begin to speak to us and, and show us what, what, what the end looks like. If we could just see what the end looks like. So this time with Peter after the resurrection was different. The place was different. Jesus met Peter in a place of comfort where Peter had first met Jesus. From now on, you will fish for people. Think about it. From now on, you're going to fish for people. It's not going to be like it was before. It was a place of audacious faith where Peter once walked on water, a place where Peter felt at home. And here, Jesus asked Peter this question in John 21, 15, that he's still asking you and me today. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? He said it three times. Everybody say three times. Now, when somebody says something once, that's, uh, you know, I heard you the first time. <laughs> you know. You know, but when they say it, to, you know, the second time, it's like, hey, I, 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 you know, I don't have a hearing problem. Come on, somebody. And, uh, but what he didn't have, he wasn't perceiving what was being said to him. To Peter's surprise, Jesus asked this three times. And to remind Peter three times that he denied him three times, well, you could say that if you want to, maybe. I don't know. But he offered Peter a second chance, bottom line. I'm going to give you a second chance, Peter, okay? The death and resurrection of Jesus left a profound impact on Peter's life. And here's what he did. He finally learned what it meant to be called a disciple of Christ. Now, folks, there's a lot of people that, that maybe they go to church and maybe there's activity and things going on in their life. But let me tell you something. We need more disciples in the kingdom of God. If you believe that, say amen. Now, you know, <laughs> you know I, uh, I think some churches are like Walmart. You just, you know, you kind of go in there, get what you want, and you get out. Don't shout me down. You kind of shop around, you know. We have this consumer mentality. I'll have one of these and two of those. Oh, this is on sale. I'll get five of those. After denying Jesus, it's probably a lesson he would have preferred to learn differently. But it was a moment Peter would never forget. Jesus pursued Peter. Jesus invited Peter. Jesus began the conversation with Peter. And after the conversation, what was it about? It was about love. Do you love me? Do you love me? The message, we will not know love until we love Jesus. Show me someone that's in love with Jesus, and I'll show you someone that knows how to love other people. Somebody say amen. Meaning, we are to love people in the same manner that we love Jesus. Jesus restored Peter to confirm his words over Peter's life. And here's what he says in Matthew 16, 18 in your notes there. And I tell you that you are Peter and you're a pebble. But on this rock, he's talking about himself, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Restored intimacy after failure is great for relationship. The relationship is more intense 
the relationship is more genuine. The relationship is more pure. And folks, if you think that you're going to go through this life with not having a problem with someone, you, you are fooling yourself. You know, I told you before, and I mean it, and I'll say it again. You know, if I was writing, if I had the privilege to write in the Bible, it would start out like this. Where two or three are gathered together, there will be conflict. Are you talking to me, Pastor? Yeah, I'm talking to you. See, we all can fall into that category. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of the Father promised which you have heard of me. The, restore, the re restoration of the assignment teaches us this. This is what God wanted. This is what Jesus wanted to do for Peter, Okay. To, to stay together, to wait for power, to trust in God, to remember God's promises that I'm with you always. So this application, it matters how we treat the resurrection. It either entertains us or it propels us forward in this life. And folks, I'm telling you, I believe every one of us have a ministry today that God has called us into. If you believe that, say amen. You have a ministry, and, and you know what? Here's the two commandments, and you cannot be a disciple unless you follow these, the two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind. Help me out on the second one. Love your neighbor. Now, that's where the, whoa, that's where the rub comes in sometimes. Well, you just don't know my neighbor. You just don't know that person. Maybe I don't, but Jesus does. And he's the one who told you to do it. I don't feel like loving my neighbor. I didn't feel like coming to church today, to be honest with you. Didn't get much sleep last night. Didn't feel like it, but I'm here. How many of you guys, you don't feel like going to work sometime, but you know that check's going to be short at the end of the week, so you get up and go. So we just don't go on feelings all the time. Can I get a witness? It's not feelings that we got to go on. But if you're a disciple of Jesus and hear the words of Jesus, do you love me more than these? It might be some people, do you love me more than that boat? Do you love me more than that fishing rod? Come on, so I love to fish. But I love Jesus more. I'll drop that fishing reel anytime for Jesus. Come on, somebody. Do you love me more than these? Where is our love for Jesus? See, the resurrection brought it out. And it showed that Jesus, you know, he, you know Jesus, you know, Jesus could, you know, uh, think about it, folks. You know, Peter, you know, he said, hey, I don't care what others do, I'll... You know, I'll, I'll never deny you. Don't, don't tell me I'm going to deny you. <laughs> Folks, don't ever get in an argument with the Lord because you're going to lose. You're not going to win. Yes, you will, Peter. It's not going to be once. It's not going to be twice. <laughs> you're going to deny me three times. Mm. See, I think sometimes we've been in that situation. If you believe that, say amen. And, and I believe... God is speaking to us. So Thomas' faith needed to be once and for all resolved before he could receive the fire of the Holy Spirit in his life. 
But on the day of Pentecost, when the church was born, in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, the, the, the Holy Spirit fell in Jerusalem. And the power of God fell upon these disciples. And folks, they never were the same again. They turned their world upside down. And that's the resurrection. They, they literally experienced the resurrection. And they saw Jesus die. And they saw him alive. And it got inside of them. We need that resurrection power today. Somebody say amen. We need that Holy Spirit power in our life. We can't change anything without the power of God. But with the power of God, all things are possible. Somebody say amen. amen. So the resurrection of Jesus is meant to be real in everyday lives. Not tucked away in some nice little story. No, 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 a thousand times no. Could we pray? Let's bow our heads this morning. So no matter how numb you find yourself, how dead and hopeless your situation may be, it's no match for the power of the resurrection of Jesus. There's power in his resurrection. If you believe that, say amen. Father, I thank you for this wonderful congregation and what you're doing in and through our lives. Thank you, Lord, as we've seen... As the movie, many have watched that movie last week and it become alive to them about the resurrection. And there was a resurrection. Jesus is alive and he's alive in us today. And he gives us the power to be overcomers. Help us, God, whatever that we're facing today, whatever's in our lives, whatever's in our way, help us today to receive that resurrection power to be that overcomer that you've called us to be.